0: That is just the truth of the matter is divorce hurts. It's sad to not have people in your life in the same way that you once knew them to be. I remember when I first told my sister-in-law that I wanted a divorce. I cried so much because I didn't want to lose her. Hello and welcome back to the Choosing to Heal podcast podcast. So today's episode is actually unexpected. I didn't have this topic planned and it came to me because yesterday was Halloween. Uh, Today's November 1st, the day that I'm recording this and completely out of nowhere, this huge amount of grief hit me like a ton of bricks yesterday. And, you know, there's a lot of things that I expected to be sad about post-divorce. I expected to be sad about not spending holidays as a family again. I expected to be sad about splitting time during the holidays and I expected to be sad about like being alone and I even expected Jasper to be sad about how the holidays would be different. But what I didn't expect to hit me like a ton of bricks was all these other much more subtle nuanced things that I just didn't think about. And I think that's true about a lot of things post-divorce is there's these tiny things that you don't even realize or recognize that you'll have to grieve just bit by bit. You really don't have the opportunity to see them coming until they hit you in the face. (laughs) That's exactly what happened to me yesterday. So yeah, that's what I'm going to be talking about on today's episode. Things that I'm grieving this holiday season post-divorce that I didn't quite expect to hit me like a ton of bricks. So as I mentioned, yesterday was Halloween, and it was a very heavy day. Um, But I guess what started it all was the fact that I woke up on October 31st, and it didn't feel like Halloween. And I think that had to do with a lot of things. But the most obvious one was the fact that I don't have a single decoration up in our new home. I recently moved to Georgia. And when we sold our home, you know, it's a huge house and I got rid of probably 80% of my stuff and it felt really good. still does feel really good to live a more minimalistic lifestyle, have less stuff, but along with purging and getting rid of that said stuff was a lot of my holiday decorations and really just all of the holidays, Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas specifically. They were a big deal in our house. I love the holidays and I love making it magical and festive and fun. And I really looked forward to it every single year. But as I mentioned, I woke up yesterday and it just didn't feel like Halloween. You know, I didn't have the same decorations that I had put out for the past seven years. And I didn't realize how much I would miss stuff. And it really is just stuff like it's just the same blow up things that we put in our yard every year, the same pumpkin decorations, all this stuff. But what I think I underestimated was. How attached I had been, not to the stuff itself necessarily, but to the tradition and the expectation of like what the holidays looked like every year. And having that change and not having those same expected things that I became so familiar with felt very foreign to me this year. And I I really did feel the absence of what was familiar. And it made me really sad. I woke up and I was like, man. There's not a single thing that I own anymore that's festive. Like I don't even own a pair of Halloween leggings or a Hocus Pocus t-shirt that I can put on today to make it feel like Halloween. So it didn't start off on a really great note. And as I was thinking about the things that used to make Halloween feel like Halloween, it made me remember how I used to spend that day. In our neighborhood, we had... A tradition of taking the kids on a hayride before it got dark. And I was blessed with an amazing group of neighbors, man, we were so, so close. And our kids, they grew up together. And every year they got a little bit older. We saw all the different costumes changed. And I realized that this Halloween, we weren't going to be doing the hayride. And I wasn't going to be spending Halloween with those same kids. You know, I live in Georgia now. And that made me really sad. And it made me think about how when we divorce, we're not just divorcing the person. We're also divorcing our community. We're divorcing our extended family. And that means the loss of not just shared family memories, it just doesn't look the same without those community traditions that I came to expect year after year. For Thanksgiving, we had Friendsgiving in our neighborhood and we had an annual Christmas party and it was fun and I looked forward to it. It made the holidays feel so magical. And now that's not to say that I can't also continue to have fun and have new community traditions, but in this season of my life, you know, I am brand new to Georgia and I haven't made any local friends yet. I don't live in a community with a lot of neighbors and it's just not the same. It's very different and it's not necessarily bad different, but change is hard. And I guess that's kind of the theme of this episode is just how none of these things that I'm sharing are necessarily like things that make me want to go back and change my decision. Like, I don't regret getting divorced. It's just there's a reason why we say that change is hard. And these are the things that have come up for me in the course of a day. And I'm sure that I will continue to deal with and navigate during the holidays that they're just really hard to adjust and adapt to. And I'm sure as the years go on and I start to develop these new traditions and create new magical things to look forward to, I won't miss those old things as much. But right now it's new, it's fresh, and it's kind of that season of transition and limbo. Shedding those old layers is still a process for me. So yeah, that is the first thing that I didn't expect to hit me like a ton of bricks was how much I would miss those community traditions in addition to the family traditions that we had. And that leads me into the next thing that I am mourning, which is how the relationships in my former extended family have changed and evolved. And, you know, I think this is different for everyone Um, So I can really only speak for my own experience. And, you know, in in a lot of ways, I am very blessed in that when we divorced, It was amicable enough to where we're able to still spend holidays together. We're still able to communicate. I still have communication with my former mother-in-law. And I know there's some relationships out there where divorce doesn't look like this at all. And families can pick sides and it can be ugly. And so I'm blessed in that that isn't my circumstance. However, I will say that even though those relationships are still in my life, they have changed. It's just inevitable. And that's really sad. You know, I grew accustomed for 10 plus years of my life, these extended family relationships that I made with my mother in law, and my sister in law was one of my closest friends as well. And when we divorced, I was also divorcing that relationship of being sisters in law. And Man, I've cried many tears over that one, you know, just like how sad I was to think that I would no longer have that like, quote unquote, official sister on paper relationship with someone that I really cared a lot about. And the honest, raw truth of the matter is what has been good for me and healthy for me and happy for me has caused her and that side of my former family, a lot of heartache and hurt and pain and grief. They're not blaming me for that hurt, but that is just the truth of the matter is divorce hurts. It's sad to not have people in your life in the same way that you once knew them to be. It's sad for both of us. And even though my former sister-in-law is happy for me and she wants the best for me and she always is going to have my best intentions at heart, and I know she cares about me. Sorry. Man, this has literally been, (laughs) this is how I was all day yesterday. It's carrying on over into today, but we have drifted apart because the divorce has been so hard on her too. I reached out to her and I just told her it was weighing heavy on my heart. And then I really missed the relationship that we had. And she admitted, she's like, Monica, I, I really want nothing but the best for you. And I really am so happy for you. It's just been so hard for me. Like, I feel like a part of my heart is missing now. And The reality is that when I chose to start over in Georgia, and then Josh a little bit later decided that he also wanted to start over in Georgia, the effect that had on her and my extended family is that they lost part of their family too. You know, her brother is leaving. And so not only is it they're not spending holidays with me, but they're also missing out on their Brother, their son and their grandson and their nephew and their sister. It's like a whole piece of their family tradition is also gone. So it's not just like the impact isn't just on me and our immediate family of three. It also left a wake of grief and heartache and pain for the other members of our extended family. And that's really hurtful for all of us. And it's to nobody's fault. We all understand that it was for the best and that it's not like an intentional hurt. And also, I think we're just trying to manage all those feelings that are coming up for us individually the best that we can. And I can't control how somebody else grieves or deals with that loss. It's hard enough to manage my own grief. And so it's, I have nothing but empathy and understanding for how heavy it can be to navigate that and figure it out and like how that change in relationship plays out. Few months after I decided to divorce that same year, I still cooked the turkey and Joshua, my new partner came on over to the RC family house, and we still had Thanksgiving together. And this was before I moved to Georgia. And that year was very magical. And I'm really, again, super blessed that I had that kind of transitionary year because this year is the first year that I'm not cooking the turkey when it's been the tradition to do it for the past five years for the entire family. I'm not quite sure what that's going to look like this year. And it's really hard to not have an expectation for knowing how the holiday is going to go when year after year after year after year, it's looked the same. I've expected the same and it's been the same joy and navigating that uncertainty and missing those very important people that I cherished and love, knowing that they're not going to be a part of that family tradition going forward in the same way. Like again, we're still going to wish each other happy Thanksgiving and we're still involved in each other's life to a degree, but it's not the same. And that's really hard. (laughs) I remember when I first told my sister-in-law that I wanted a divorce. I cried so much because I didn't want to lose her. And We had this conversation and we're like, no, nothing is going to change. Neither one of us wanted it to change. And I I still believe that to be true to this day. Grieving the relationships and how those relationships used to be has been a transition for me. The next thing that has been hard is that all of this is rubbing up against the memories that weren't all bad. When you make the decision to divorce... There's obviously a reason because it's not all great (laughs) and it can be easy to focus on all the things that aren't great and all the things you wish were different when you make that decision to divorce. But the reality is what has been coming up are the memories that were good that weren't all bad. The holidays were some of my favorite memories. Even though I don't regret my decision, even though I still stand behind it, I wouldn't change it for a second. And I love my new life. I love my new relationship. And I'm so much happier in this relationship. And it is so much better for me. It doesn't change the fact that I still had and have positive memories from that relationship, from that family. It would be a lot easier. And I think that for those who do divorce from a place where it's like, man, this is an obvious, like divorce is a no brainer because it's so bad. I think that standing behind that decision to divorce can be easier because like when you're on the other side of it, there's just like nothing but relief, right? Whereas in my situation, when it wasn't necessarily all bad and the divorce came from a place of true healing, I think it causes a lot more grief because there's things that you're losing. Yes, I am gaining good things, but also there are positive things that I have lost. It's just holding space for both to exist at the same time. And that leads me into (laughs) the next thing I didn't anticipate is navigating the balance of sharing my grief and my feelings with my partner while also wanting to protect him from every single detail. I used to be the person and the type of partner who needed to share every single feeling and have my partner validate that they needed to be as Involved in that process as I was, like almost like they needed to crawl up under my skin and and exist with me, (laughs) is how I would describe the relationships. Uh, At least that's what I wanted out of my relationships beforehand. I didn't successfully have that. (laughs) But something that is important and a huge part of my healing has been to develop my own sense of autonomy and also like discovering what a healthy relationship is. And for me, it is being trauma informed a trauma informed partner and because we've had vulnerable conversations i know it's hard for him the fact that i do have positive good memories he doesn't hold that against me he completely understands and also it's the and both right like he realizes that's just the reality of the situation but it's hard just like it's hard for me to know that he had three kids with someone else that wasn't me like i still love him i still choose him and also it's hard and so in the same way it can be hard when I share that I'm really struggling with missing certain aspects of my marriage, right? Like that that's totally relatable and understandable. So it's tricky in that there are times when like I'm having a heavy day like I was yesterday and I want to go to him for support and I still do, but I'm having to share from a place of being emotionally boundaried with myself intentionally, knowing that I can still share with him in a way that protects him in the same place. He is of course in charge of managing his own emotional well-being and that's true for me as well like if we're withholding information from our partners because we think that they're incapable of handling it or if we don't want to deal with the like fallout or we don't want to trigger them like that is another way of being enmeshed and codependent in a relationship and so we're all responsible for our own emotional autonomy and also when we are in relationship it's important to aid in our partner's ability to regulate and co-regulate. And so if I know because we've had a conversation that there is a topic that is more sensitive, then I'm going to go into that conversation much more intentionally. And I'm not going to just emotionally vomit and dump and expect my partner to be able to hold space for me in the same way that he would be able to hold space for me on a topic that he isn't emotionally triggered or isn't as sensitive a topic. Does that make sense? Like, so all that to say, navigating my own grief while knowing that my partner supports me, but that this is a topic that for both of us, he's divorced too. I mean, this could be flip-flopped in the same way. Like he is very mindful because we've talked about these topics and I've requested, hey, That's really hard for me to hear. Do you think that going forward, you could only share like the necessary details or I really don't think I feel confident enough right now in my ability to handle that type of information or emotionally process it? Could you just give me the cliff notes? The conversations look like, hey, I'm struggling today. And no, you didn't do anything wrong. I don't really feel like sharing all of the details. And also, I want to be mindful about protecting you because this is a topic that has the potential to be triggering for you. But I just need some extra love today. Like, I'm proud of being able to communicate in that way in my relationship. And also, it's difficult because I have to be stronger for myself in these moments instead of 100% relying on my partner and like, only being okay if I bring my partner into all of my stuff that's coming up for me and expecting him to make me feel better. Navigating how to do that (laughs) has been a learning process. So you're finally ready to start doing the work. The only problem, you have no clue where to start or what to do. That's where the Choosing to Heal community comes in. It's like a cozy virtual hangout where you can connect with others who actually get it. With our book club, step-by-step resources, and built-in accountability check-ins, you'll feel seen, validated, and supported every step of the way. And you'll gain exclusive access to my live podcast discussion where you can come chat with me and ask questions about anything we talk about here on the podcast. It's time to say goodbye to feeling stuck, alone, and overwhelmed, and hello to the tribe you didn't know you needed. Visit choosingtheheal.com slash community or head to the show notes in the description of this episode to learn more. The next thing that has been really, really difficult, man, this is a big one on the list and I never could have seen this one coming because who would have knew that I would be in a relationship with someone with three kids. I always thought I was going to be a mom of one, (laughs) single, only child and man, oh man, did God have other plans. When I made the decision to divorce, I don't know what my future relationship would look like. I never imagined I would be a mom to other kids that were not biologically my own. And so, something that has been especially difficult for me this year around the holidays has been not having the other kids. You know, I expected it to be hard when I didn't have Jasper, my son. Like, I saw that coming. Like, we all know that's coming when we make the decision to divorce. Okay, I might not have my kids during the holidays, and that's going to suck. But man, you know, has been even harder is when I do have Jasper, but we don't have the other kids. That can feel even more empty. And you don't know why? When he's with his dad, guess what? Joshua and I get alone time. And that's like kind of the silver lining, the cherry on top that isn't talked about in divorce is how amazing it can be to have alone time. That's kind of like a perk of divorce because when you're married, You know, you always have your kids unless you get a babysitter or so to have that built in intentional alone time is kind of nice. Of course, you can still miss your kids. And also like we enjoy having that one on one time. But when we have Jasper and we don't have the other three kids or vice versa, if we have the other three kids and we don't have Jasper, it leaves a gaping hole. So exhibit a Halloween last night. The kids were with their mom and we had Jasper. So we did not get to go trick-or-treating with the kids. That was very, very hard for me, especially because, you know, the co-parenting relationship that Josh and I have chosen is not for everyone. And I realized that I'm very, very, very thankful that we have the type of co-parenting dynamic where we are both on the same page when it comes to holidays and Jasper in that we will put our own stuff aside so that we can do things together. So Josh came over to our house for trick-or-treating and the four of us, me, my current partner, Joshua, my ex-husband, Josh, and our son, Jasper, the four of us went trick-or-treating. The relationship that Joshua has with his former wife is not the same. That's just not their co-parenting dynamic. My desire would be to have one big blended family. That's how I grew up. You know, I have an ex-stepmom <laughs> that I still consider to be my stepmom, and we all have like, man, there's moms and dads and stepmoms and ex-stepdads and all of our kids and sisters and stepsisters. When we all coexist happily and we all love each other and embrace each other, and we found a way to co exist in the same environment it's not the case for every family so I would have loved to have spent Halloween and I would love to spend as much time and as many holidays together but if that's not my choice I don't have any control over that there's a lot of stuff that is not within my control there's a lot of stuff that doesn't feel fair and having to accept that and swallow that hard pill (laughs) And man, I feel like I've been forced to learn how to just accept the fact that there are a lot of things that just don't feel fair and that are freaking sad and that suck. But I will say that it is a great exercise and practice and learning how to accept a lot of other stuff that's hard and that isn't fair or doesn't feel fair um, in other areas of your life. Um, so I guess that's the silver lining in that, right? Last but not least, this really is the most minor one, but it's worth noting because sometimes it's the little stuff, actually. like We all expect to struggle with the big stuff, right? It's like, of course, you would be struggling with missing your kids, or of course, you'd be struggling with family looking different. But sometimes it's the little stuff that we get ourselves on. We feel that shame or guilt like, man, this is so little, I literally shouldn't care about it. So that's why I'm mentioning this. When I got divorced, I adopted this motto for my new life that less is more. You know, I had this big, beautiful house, put a ton of money into remodeling that house. Like There was just a lot of more, more, more in that season of life for me. It felt so good to purge, get rid of these materialistic things and to clean out that attic, like to literally clean out my proverbial closet, you know, like my emotional closet, my physical closet, my physical space, and to live a more simple lifestyle. And that's exactly like the space that I'm in. Is it to the point where I want to go like buy a giant house again and fill it with stuff and like buy all the Christmas stuff? Decor- I'm like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that I want to necessarily even change anything about my life. I still stand behind my decisions. And also, sometimes I miss having the more. Sometimes I miss owning a home. This Halloween, I missed being able to go up to that attic and drag down the 101 things I bought from Hobby Lobby all those years ago. That's all I have to say about it is that it's okay to miss the things that you've decided you are parting ways with and that you're moving on from. It's okay if you still have your moments where you're like, you know what? I made this really important decision. I still stand behind it. But like, man, what is wrong with me? Like, why am I missing this thing that I've decided is no longer important to me? Um, Hello, because it is not that easy to just shed layers and parts of yourself that have been a part of yourself for years and years and years. It's impossible to expect to be able to wipe your hands of it and be like, "Okay, I'm literally done with that, never gonna miss it or second guess it or regret it ever again in my life." Like <laughs> life's not that simple, you know. It's just not how it works. And so, I'm just going on the record, ending out this episode by saying, it is okay to miss parts of your life that feel stupid to miss or silly or like you shouldn't care anymore freaking care about it for a minute it's better to care for a minute let yourself have your little pity party let yourself feel your feelings and then move on like i'm finding that by resisting it by being like oh no i don't i don't miss it i'm fine with not having a single decoration in my house no like it really made me sad this year actually and it, it's good that i'm recognizing that because guess what i can make a change now going forward into thanksgiving But do you see how that would be different if I, like, was resisting it and I was like, nope, I told myself that I don't want all that stuff in my house. Like, nope, I got rid of it for a reason and I, like, resisted and I repressed my feelings. Like, that's not healthy. There's just a healthy balance to it all. And so this entire episode I feel like has just been all about Having it be okay to hold space for more than one feeling, for conflicting feelings, for the fact that things are not going to be always easy, they're not going to be always hard either. They're not going to be like sunshine and unicorn and rainbows now that you've made the decision to divorce. And it's not going to be like hell now that you're divorced and alone and it's going to be awful and miserable. They're going to be both and you're going to rotate through feeling sad during certain seasons and maybe you'll be perfectly fine Thanksgiving and Christmas is going to hit you like a ton of bricks. Or there's going to be things that trigger you and there's probably 101 things that have come up for me that I didn't even include on this episode and that's okay. Moral of the story, if you take anything away from this episode, I just want it to be that it's okay for you to allow it to be there, to feel your feelings about it, and it doesn't have to mean anything, right? It doesn't mean that you made the wrong decision. It doesn't mean that you are a bad person for even feeling that way. Like, no. <laughs> all right, my friends. That is all I have for this episode. I'm sending love to you if you are navigating the delicate balance of grief and gratitude post-divorce or regardless of whether or not you're going through a divorce, we all can relate to what it's like to navigate that delicate balance of grieving things that are no longer in your life and also feeling gratitude for all the new things that are in your life. And they can both coexist no matter what that looks like for you this holiday season. I just want you to know that it's okay and I'm sending you so much love this holiday season. See you in the next episode.